We look around, but we do not see. We hear all these sounds, but fail to listen. We talk the talk so eloquently, but when the time comes to walk the walk, we just turn a blind eye. We have become an audience like those who sit around soccer fields with nice comfy seats and plenty of food and drinks to last for the game. We have become an audience who just sits on the sidelines. We're the audience to the cries of those who cry for justice, wondering if justice was ever just because now, now it's just them and their Lord. Salam alaikum, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Rogue Muslim. Um, this week I'm joined by Noman from the Fit Muslim Movement over on Instagram, and we're discussing all things fitness. We didn't actually have too much time, so there's not much banter. So for people that like shorter podcasts, this is a rare one from mine for you. Um, and yeah, we just discussed all things fitness, fitness journeys, different tips, uh, talking about intentions. I even asked him about male hijab, since that's never discussed in male fitness circles, but is always imposed in Muslim female circles. So that's something that we also discussed a bit. Um, but yeah, I hope you learn a lot or it inspires you to start your fitness journey. Um, I'm hitting the gym after this, so it kind of did the trick for me. Um, but yeah, I don't want to keep this too long because like I said, it is already a short podcast and I would like to keep it that way for you um, but I hope everyone is doing well and as ever you can follow the rogue Muslim on any social media platform Facebook Twitter Instagram it's all just at the rogue Muslim and also feel free to rate and review and if you ever have any questions about a certain podcast or topic Feel free to message me, um, or you can always email me if you know somebody that wants to be on the podcast or should be, um, if, including yourself, or um, if you have any topics that you'd like to discuss. So that is all from me, and without further ado, here is my interview with Noman from The Fit Muslim. I hope you enjoy. Assalamualaikum everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Rogue Muslim. This week I have Noman from uh, The Fit Muslim. Um, and before we get into what The Fit Muslim is and what prompted you to start it, I actually have a question that I ask everyone at the beginning. Um, if this was your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? My final meal? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll probably be something fresh off the barbecue grill. Oh yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. Any desserts or anything? Uh, there's plenty of options there, but I would still go with uh, barbecue meat, uh, barbecue, uh, uh, probably chicken or beef mm. at mm. the end of the day. Yeah, kind of healthy. <laughs> kind of fits in with what you do. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so like I mentioned. Um, 
you started the Fit Muslim. So can you just give us a little intro on what it is, what prompted you to sure. start it, and then even why you chose the name? Fair enough. Um, I'll try to answer all the questions as best as I can, so first and <laughs> foremost. Um, the Fit Muslim, and I have to keep giving this disclaimer because everyone, I don't blame people for thinking this, but I am not the Fit Muslim. Okay. Uh, but rather, the name came about as a uh, an idea for movement. You know uh, that people uh-huh. can build their identity around. So uh, people who have been in the same position as I have been, um, you know, uh, you know, they're depressed. They feel like they've hit rock bottom physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, uh-huh. uh, can find a way to get back on uh, the horse, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, build their identity around uh, attaining good health. And I tell people that you know. Frankly speaking, the fit Muslim title is reserved for the Sahaba of al uh, mm-hmm. Reason being that um, they, uh, I've heard from scholars that uh, they would walk 10,000 steps every single day. I personally have yet to walk 10,000 steps. <laughs> uh, my smartwatch tracks that. Okay. And yeah. even even on uh, the days that I have the most strenuous of trainings, yeah. I probably approach 8,000 steps ish. But if they were walking 10,000 steps every day, oh man. Yeah, <laughs> so no, for sure. That, that is something that is definitely uh, something to look forward to. And, you know, their good health also allowed them uh, uh, to do the things that they did for the dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it allowed them to stand up in prayer all night. How many of us can, frankly speaking, say we can do that? Forget about actually mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, How many of yeah. us are actually um, capable yeah, of doing that? So, you know, that that's how... Uh, the branding came about. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, the fit Muslim is not me, but every Muslim uh, can be a fit Muslim. I personally am trying to be a fit Muslim myself. Yeah. And you mentioned you were at a certain place in your life when you decided to start this movement or at least begun the journey for this. So, <clears throat> you know, what was up at that point and what's the health journey look like so far? Honestly speaking, uh, I would call it divine guidance okay. because um, I've always been obese as a child. Uh, there were a few movements in my life and I had slimmed down a bit, but that was only temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my father himself is obese. Uh, he still is obese. So that kind of carried over. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I never had a good uh, role model uh, mm-hmm. as far as health went. So yeah. um, it kind of affected me. I wasn't athletic growing up. Um, I wasn't good at team sports. Um and, uh, you know, I had achieved a lot of things in life. Like I had attained a uh, degree, I had uh, gotten married, I had kids, um, I had a job, you know, all the things that a um, immigrant is supposedly yeah. uh, destined to achieve. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, attain the paragon of success, uh, as they say. But I right. uh, didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt unhappy for long period of times mm-hmm. and you know uh, one thing that I felt was that you know for my kids I want to be a good role model um, and one of the things that I uh, felt I lacked was being a good physical role model for mm-hmm. them to see mm-hmm. so that kind of you know uh, gave me an epiphany that you know I really need to look at this and in my past experiences um, the one thing that I had never tried was hiring a personal trainer so uh, that's how I came about it. So Ramadan of last year, after Ramadan of last year, I kind of, you know, when I felt I had hit the emotional rock bottom, I was depressed. I said, uh, let me 
do with this in a sustainable manner. So let me take baby steps mm-hmm. to keep myself accountable. So anyway, I did. I started that at last Ramadan. So basically, end of July, uh, August is when I started off. I started doing things myself, um, and in October is when I went and uh, hired a personal trainer. And just you know, I never thought I would actually start this brand. I would never thought I'd actually start the Fit Muslim. Yeah. It was just me on my personal Facebook and Instagram account posting workout videos just because. Um, and I was very surprised by the reactions I was having. People sending me DMs and messages on Facebook mm-hmm. saying people that I hadn't heard from years saying that, hey, thank you very much for posting these workout videos. I had a friend, uh, this is a story I tell people all the time, yeah. uh, and I've had many stories since, since then. So I had a friend, uh, he's not Muslim, a uh, very nice fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew up together, we went to the same school. Uh, he used to live in London at the time, now he lives in uh, somewhere near LA, I believe he lives in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, so he messaged me out of the blue. He said, hey, man, listen, um, uh, you inspired me to go to the gym. I hadn't, hadn't been to the gym in two years. And he was the last person I would expect uh, to message me because growing up, that person is very slim. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was a, he was a big uh, tennis and badminton player. So I would never expect someone like that to send me a message uh, saying that I inspired them. So I kind of lit a light bulb in my head, and I said that, you know, if this is the effect I'm having on people without even trying for it, um, what can the impact, I, what will be the impact that I can have if I actually do this diligently? So that that's how the Fit Muslim came about. The name specifically was suggested to me by a uh, close friend of mine who also lives in Chicago. I was talking to him and I said, hey, what kind of name should I go with? And just so happened that the Fit Muslims domain was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Twitter name was available. The Instagram name was available. So I yeah. said, okay, let's nag it up. Yeah. Didn't really think much about that, but in hindsight, yeah. I probably would have gone with another name. But anyway, okay. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, what matters at the end of the day is the effect I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so it sounds like I kind of know what your purpose was, but did you have to ask yourself any specific questions to actually begin the journey? Or was it kind of like, you know what, I know why I'm doing this now and that's motivation enough? Uh, The motivation was uh, really how I thought my kids and Mm -hmm. wife perceived me, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically uh, how my kids perceived me. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still too young. My uh, oldest son is five and a half now. Mm-hmm. But I said that, you know what, growing up, how do I think if I am to stay in my current shape, how will my son look at me when mm-hmm. he's, let's say, 10 years old or 15 years old? Yeah. So that's some, uh, because that's something that I myself underwent yeah. uh, when I was uh, growing up. So I said, I don't want my son to go through this. So it was a big sacrifice, but. At the end of the day, it was more so for my kids than anything else. Yeah. And what what kind of intention should we have when we're starting this journey so we can hold ourselves to account for it? And then how do you hold yourself to account and how do you figure out what option works best for you? Sure. So uh, as a Muslim, first and foremost, uh, we have to be cognizant of the fact that the bodies that, are, that we're given uh, the good health that we have is an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm-hmm. right? It is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we don't take care of that, if you don't take care of this blessing that we've give, been given, then we're being ungrateful 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the, as a Muslim, that is the mindset that I believe every uh, Muslim should approach health and fitness uh, towards. Um, and, you know, uh, being in good health also uh, then allows you to be a uh, uh, good worshiper as well. It does in a hadith, close meaning is that, uh, I'm just paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. uh, the first few lines of the hadith is that a lot, uh, you know, a strong movement, uh, a strong believer is more beloved to Allah than a uh, weak moment, weak believer. But uh, here, uh, strong isn't necessarily physically, but it could be strong uh, spiritually, it could be strong uh, whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, I still choose to believe that, you know, strength, being strong physically uh, really helps someone be a good Muslim. A good example of this is uh, when you're uh, during the Ramadan, when you're standing in 20 Raga'ah prayer, whether you do 20 or 8, but let's say 20 because it's longer. Uh, when you're standing in 20 Raga'ah prayer mm-hmm. as a man, um, it is uh, very, uh, at least for me, for the past couple of years, I actually had a hard time being, uh, standing all the time uh, for, you know, the one and a half, two hours, however long it lasts. That wasn't something I look forward to. So uh, this is one of the things, uh, one of the tangible benefits you can have if you're in good health. Another uh, one, when you're doing Umrah, when you're going for Hajj, that is something that is really taxing on the body. So yeah. um, th- these are just some of the benefits as a Muslim that you can, uh, specifically as a Muslim, that you can uh, uh, look forward to, and not to mention, of course, the uh, way people look at you. Um, one thing that you know, when, when I went through this journey and I lost a lot of weight, uh, a senior of mine from university, he actually told me because he underwent a similar uh, process a couple of years back. He was actually one of my inspirations. Oh. He told me that you know uh, it's really good that you're doing what you're doing, and he told me something that uh, I. I think I might have known at the back of my head, but it never really came as a realization. He said, the world, uh, he said, no, the world hates fat people. <laughs> and yeah. the people might, might not tell you this, and they might not even know it. It might be um, subconscious. But, uh, you know, when he told me that, you know, things started to make more and more sense, you know, yeah. the experiences that I had in life, um, I could never for the longest period of time figure out why I had gone through such experiences, but yeah. thinking behind, uh, I mean, of course, I, 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 I'm not a lie. I, I, don't, I don't write what can happen, could have happened, but I definitely think that had I been in better health, mm-hmm. uh, then those experiences would have definitely paid, played out differently, yeah. probably for the better. Definitely under capitalism, um, the fitter you are, the more likely somebody perceives you to be better accomplished and better able to carry out the Absolutely. labor for them. So it definitely has, yeah, subconscious and conscious effects on us. Um, so I guess, how do you have any tips for folks that are starting off in this journey? Like, did you use any specific apps? Or like you mentioned, you hired a personal trainer for the first time. I did. Yeah, do you but, have any uh, other tips? One thing is I would say, I'll tell people that first and foremost, you have to set your mindset, uh, you know, uh, rectify your mindset. Most people go in thinking that this is a short-term solution, that, oh, I'll work out for a couple of weeks and that'll be good. Yeah. And unfortunately, the fitness industry is, blamed, is to blame for this because many uh, quote-unquote gurus on uh, social media uh, give off the impression that if you follow my 12-week program, then you'll go from fat to fit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that rarely happens. I mean, yeah. I'm only a year into my journey, a little bit or a year into my journey, and I would say now is really when I started to see 
uh, you know, things come into shape, it'll probably be another year before I can say that I've reached my uh, physical strength goals and physique goals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely set the right uh, expectations going off. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle change is yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. It's not a shortstop solution. Um, I don't really like using the term diet as well because yeah. by definition, diets are temporary, right? Yeah. What you need is a total lifestyle change. So I would say immerse yourself in as much like the content you consume, right? So if you listen to audiobooks, uh, start listening to a few audiobooks about health. If you listen to podcasts, start listening to podcasts about health. If you watch a lot of YouTube videos, start watching YouTube videos about health. Uh, be, put yourself in that environment. Mm-hmm. And of course, I still preach that people should go and hire a personal trainer. I understand it's expensive, but if you're not going to invest in your health, what are you going to invest in? Yeah. So, uh, personal trainer, but if you can't afford a personal trainer, and that's totally understandable. What I tell most people is that in addition to having the right mindset, um, go and join, uh, this is my personal uh, suggestion, but uh, I, I guess it's going to apply to anything that happens in a group setting. Yeah. So I would uh, usually suggest people go and join a uh, MMA gym. Uh, somewhere where the martial arts is being taught, whether it be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, uh, Taekwondo, whatever it might be, because uh, martial arts uh, does not focus on self-defense, it focuses on health and it focuses mm-hmm. on personality development mm-hmm. as well, plus at the yeah. same time, most of the people who come there, uh, unlike uh, a regular gym that you might go to, most of the people that come there uh, have... Uh, an earnest and uh, eager desire to better themselves. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's a very supportive environment. So it's mm-hmm. really about finding that supportive environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is very cost effective. So most people can look forward to spending, let's say, 150 US dollars, give or take, yeah. a month at a good MMA gym. So that uh, for like a, a two times a week or three times a week classes, uh, that's something that I'd definitely look. Uh, at starting if uh, you know you're looking to start your journey or you can just start walking daily 20 minutes 15 mm-hmm. 20 minutes just start with something small mm-hmm. and build upon that that's what I used to tell people so I you know to, to sum it up uh, set the right expectations uh, have the right mindset and then find the supportive environment mm-hmm. nice and um have you because it is like you said it is a long-term process and it should be a lifestyle <laughs> But in that time, it's hard to maintain motivation. It's hard to kind of maintain that same drive that you have. So what's an obstacle that you've had to overcome and one that you're trying to overcome right now? Oh, I feel this all the time. (laughs) Uh, So and that's what that's what people ask me, you know, um, on social media. And and I think that's not to toot my own horn, but I think that's where my account is uh, fairly unique is you will find accounts of people who are already fit. right? You'll find accounts of athletes in the fitness industry. You'll find accounts of people who have undergone a severe transformation, but rarely do you find people's accounts where they have documented their entire journey. Yeah. Right. And you'll find people who document their journey. They're just in their starting few days or weeks, but then it fizzles out eventually. So that's where I'm proud to say where I have my account to be unique in that aspect. Secondly, um, as far as motivation goes, the way I kept myself accountable was, uh, well, you know, when I, and I tell people that once you've hit rock bottom, uh, or 
what feels like rock bottom, you will do everything in your power and make sure you don't get back there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if sometimes, you know, I, I feel guilty when I'm not going to the gym on days, like I have rest days. If I, if I'm taking like 48 hours off or 72 hours off, (laughs) I actually start feeling guilty. (laughs) So the way, the way I personally have kept myself accountable is posting and continuously posting on my Instagram. Uh, just so that people know that I'm active, not faking it, being as honest as I can. That's how I have get myself accountable. But people might find other ways of keeping themselves accountable. You know, try to see if you can involve your kids in it, mm-hmm. if they're old enough, or see if you can involve your spouse in it. Um, mm-hmm. They say that the couples will work out together, stay together. <laughs> so I've yet to try that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if someone is in a position to do something like that, mm-hmm. please, uh, mm-hmm. by all means, uh, do that and let me know how it works out for you. Yeah, nice. Um, and you mentioned social media a few times, mm-hmm. but has that kept you accountable or has that kind of like kept you in check with what you're doing? Because Absolutely. It Absolutely. Has, yeah. Okay. Because previously it was just, it was kind of the shame of, uh, how I would be perceived if I didn't work out for a week, two weeks or, you know, people start asking me, Hey, what happened? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that fear is still there, mm-hmm. but Moreover, I feel, and this is one of the things that uh, I don't know if you're going to ask me, but I'll say it anyway. One of the things that I'm most afraid of these days is the power of influence, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that I have gathered a certain amount of influence within the Muslim community, mm-hmm. at least as far as health goes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't want to, you know, muck up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's something that I don't want people looking at saying, man, this guy. Uh, he fizzled out eventually. So, I mean, what chances do I have, right? So, um, that's what I feel keeps me accountable, where I fear not just what people are going to say if I, you know, go down the rabbit hole, but as well as uh, negatively affecting people who follow me for motiva- for keeping themselves motivated. So, yeah. they are not only what keep me going, but also keep me in check. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um and has your definition of success or failure changed the way changed since you started this journey? Yes, uh, for me, a successful person is one who uh, affects the most people's lives, not mm-hmm. just their own, but the people around them and the people who look up to them. Mm-hmm. So that is what I would define as success. Nice. Because when you, when you think about it, I was, I was listening to I listened to Lewis House's uh, School of Greatness podcast, and he asked this question to every, every one of his guests that appears: that What is your definition of greatness? Mm-hmm. So I thought about this, and I said, you know, um, thinking back to people who were great in the sense that they, uh, when you reminisce about them. Mm-hmm. They passed away, and you reminisce about them. And people say, "Oh, that person was a great person." Okay, well, why were why were they great? Mm-hmm. Uh, solely because of the impact that they had on uh, their family, mm-hmm. their friends, their countrymen, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the more impact you have, the more impact you're able to have uh, in your life at the end of your life, or even after you pass away, like uh, establishing foundations or establishing schools, hospitals, whatever it might be. That is what I would consider as a great, and that is what I would consider as uh, being successful. Yeah, yeah. It's true. The most impact we have on humanity and human condition, that's, and that's what we're going to be questioned on as well on the Day of Judgment. Absolutely. So, yeah, I like that definition. Um, so I'm definitely cautious of the time, so just a few more questions. No um, problem. What has been, and this is something that you briefly brought up in that... Um, 
what was it, like a symposium kind of thing that you'd hosted. Um, and it was the relationship you have between fitness and health and mascul masculinity. So I was wondering if you could kind of speak to that a bit more. Absolutely. I think, um, because due to the shortage of time, I will say this briefly. I'll say that in ethnic cultures, um, the expectations that people have of men um, are, I would say, slightly off balance in the sense that we as men are taught to be, growing up, taught to be providers for the family. And we should have been taught to be providers. It's nice that they taught us to be providers, but that's where the buck stopped. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no one really taught us how to become proper men. And mm -hmm. that is unfortunately something that is lacking from, um, uh, you, you know, the present day communities. So mm -hmm. uh, I feel that a good way to teach someone about masculinity is to get them into health and fitness, just not athletics, but specifically weight training. Because, um, uh, you know, all my real role models, uh, physical role models that I have these days are all in the... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, athletic space. Growing up, my uh, I would watch a lot of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, uh, who are yeah. still one of my favorite actors to date. Yeah. And if if I, if I could meet them, I'd love to meet them. But uh, you know, in the absence of a, uh, a proper physical role model, I had to just find my own, so mm -hmm. to speak. Right? That mm -hmm. shouldn't happen. Uh, so you know, for the sake of our families, at least, just how we. Uh, slot ourselves to death uh, in you know jobs that we might not necessarily like just to pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, we should uh, put maybe even a fraction of that effort into uh, having good health, uh, just so that you know our kids have a good physical role model to look forward to. Again, I'm not I'm not bringing up the spirituality into this because um, that's uh, something that I don't want to dabble in right now. But mm -hmm. rest assured, if you're in good health, that it also allows you to be. Uh, a strong Muslim as well. Yeah, yeah. And something that's not talked about often um, with male fitness, uh, but is definitely probably the forefront of what's talked about in female um, fitness circles and those that are have that gaze. Um, but how do you maintain hijab as a man when you're working out or on this journey? <laughs> um, <laughs> Nobody talks uh, about it. I would say... For men, his hijab is his appearance in the sense that um, not just their appearance, but their gaze as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I try to keep a full length beard uh, as much as I can. Mm -hmm. People, the Muslims don't have to, but that's something that I strive towards. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that I'm not, at least for Salah, making sure that I'm wearing, I'm, I'm being fully clothed, uh, being respectful of that. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's how I would say. I mean, uh, I don't expect to, even though there's, from a Shari perspective, there's not anything wrong in that, but I don't necessarily expect a Muslim man to be on a hot summer day to be running around uh, his neighborhood in mm -hmm. just shorts and shoes. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I see that from the Americans, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. that's not, it's not something I expect to see from Muslims. So I'm glad uh, you brought I, I hope that answers you, but I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's not something that's ever talked about, but I know where yeah. I follow female fitness enthusiasts, it's something that's always at the forefront. And I've even seen it brought onto, um, different kutbahs and stuff where it's like oh this uh, Muslim woman is dressing immodestly blah 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 and that's uh, between her and Allah 
but it's never talked about in relationship to men in fitness. And, you know, when, like you said, the American version, when a man's out with a shirt, without his shirt and stuff, or like really tight clothing, it, you know, it does have an effect, right? So there is also, it's also about being conscious that men also have a responsibility to hijab, um, lowering their gaze, like you said, maintaining the hijab, but also, also dressing modestly. Like you mentioned. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for speaking to that a bit. Um, and one final question in, with respect to the fitness journey. Um, but how has it connected you to the Ummah? Uh, I briefly touched upon this where I said that uh, the influence that I've, uh, I feel that I have uh, gathered in the past mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. It is pretty scary in the sense that I get messages all the time people asking me questions that I feel I'm not qualified to answer so I always I tell them what I know and yeah. then I sell them table of green and so on and then I direct them to professional resources yeah. um, I've had people many a time reach out to me asking me specific questions uh, and then I say you know what if you're in this area because uh, I used to live near Toronto uh, in Canada oh you did? Uh, so, oh. Uh, I did yeah I'm a Canadian citizen I mean so, what's new? Uh, <laughs> I uh, live near there and I know a few personal mm-hmm. trainers there. So when, every time I have someone from the Toronto area reach out to me, mm-hmm. I say, hey, I will answer your question as best as I can, but I still think you should go seek out a personal trainer. Use a few people that I know in the area who might be able to help you out. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, um, uh, the purpose of this brand that I'm building has always been to connect people, Muslims around the world, uh, centered around the topic of health. Um, I personally see to gain nothing. Like, I, I, if I wanted, I could go and you know uh, start selling programs or something like that. that yeah. But that's not something I want to do. Yeah. So I, I want to feel. I want to make people feel as if they can always reach out to me, uh, have someone to talk to, uh, whether it be spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, whatever it might be. And I'll always try to help you out. Uh, as much as I can, I will redirect you to the right resources if I can't. Um, and yes, yeah, just build a movement around that name, really, yeah. is uh, what I wish to do in the Ummah today. Yeah, nice. That's really awesome. And and I like maybe you've be, you've been connected to other folks in the industry, and that's kind of a reason where you were able to start the symposium up. Um, so. I guess anytime you begin a movement, it has long-term effects with the, when the intentions are right of connecting us to one another. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and hopefully uniting us more. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, one thing I'd like to bring up is uh, it, it was very surprising when it had that. I was flattered. A couple of weeks back, not a couple of weeks, a couple of months back, uh, a certain uh, fellow from the Middle East, uh, I, I don't remember his name, mm-hmm. but he left a comment on one of my posts that I was advertising on Instagram just to get more exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he basically uh, said that, you know, I should change my name uh, to Fed Muslim because I'm not fit and uh, I, I should not even put Muslim in there because I'm a liar. And uh, he, oh he left me like a very negative uh, comment. But yeah. I responded to him in kind and I told him the same thing that I told you at the beginning the disclaimer that it's not me, it's just a moment I'm trying to build around the name. Yeah. And I made an Instagram story about this, mm-hmm. uh, a story post about this. Uh, telling people the same thing, you know, I had to clarify this, and I keep, I, I think I'll have to keep clarifying this point <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. the year, uh, for the months and years to come. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mind doing it, but at that time it was important that I did. Yeah. and 
to my surprise, I had so many people come to my defense in that comment thread. Mm. Um, you know, basically people going off against that guy, uh, calling him an a-hole, a douchebag, everything yeah. on his son. Yeah. Um, it, it was very flattering. It was very pleasing. It wasn't something I asked for, but uh, people I've never met came to my defense. So that was... Uh, you know, just something that kind of short, showed me a little sample of, uh, you know, that uh, I saw people's love for me and I saw that the impact I was having. So it's something I want to bring to your attention that yeah. uh, you, we never know whose lives we affect. Uh, yeah. It might be some, someone that we never met or spoken to, but people watch silently. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying you should do things for other people, but yeah. just be cognizant of the fact that people are always watching, always observing. Yeah. And if you do something good, uh, they will be motivated. They'll be affected. They'll be inspired by it as well. If you yeah. do something bad, they might be disappointed, but they might not tell you about it. So yeah, mm-hmm. always, always keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good you responded uh, to him in kind and with a clock. Because you don't know also what he's going through and what insecurity he's projecting. So, yeah, no, that's really good. That's a good um, point to end in that in sense of that. Uh, so there's just like a few questions that I ask everyone at the end of my podcast um, because it is this is a podcast dedicated around Islam and Muslims and the love for it. So, what is your favorite thing about Islam? I would say, and I don't want to be cliched about this, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would say uh, the answer to uh, philosophies and life's most burning question, you know, where do we come from, yeah. what is our purpose, I feel that uh, our religion, Islam, uh, gives the perfect answers to. Yeah. Yeah, it does. The older I get, the more I appreciate this aspect of it. Um, that's that's a, that's a short answer. I, there's yeah. so many more things I want to say, but yeah, due to, sure. again, due to lack of time, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I have to keep running. But yeah, uh, I, I'll sure. answer your remaining questions. That's Sweet. There's like just two more, really, um, or three. Sorry. Um, if you could tell your Muslim self of yesterday one thing, what would it be? Uh, forgive the language, but I'll say, get your ass off the couch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, but that I mean, hits it, home. Yeah. It, it's, it's not necessarily just a Muslim self, but just myself. I would say that, yeah. hey, uh, you, uh, you need to uh, uh, get serious about your health, uh, yeah. just for the sake of your family, at least. Yeah. I, I, would have, I wish I had that realization sooner, yeah. but hey, uh, uh, even if it's late, uh, it's, it's better now than ever, right? For sure, yeah. Um, and at the end of the podcast, I invite folks to pray for people, causes, actions, etc., so if there's any one or multiple people, causes, actions that you want us to put our heads, heart, and hands in prayer for, um, who or what would it be? I would say to pray for all the oppressed people around the world, mm-hmm. uh, whether they be Muslim or non-Muslim. But these days, especially, uh, the Muslims are being oppressed in um, various countries around the world, whether it's mm-hmm. Syria, China, uh, Yemen, uh, all these different places. and. Yeah. Pray for them because that's what we can do right now. Yeah. As far as charities and causes, I would say start with your local Muslim. I would say start with uh, the local food bank and see how you can volunteer your time and your resources to the needy Muslims in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I'd like to tell you is during the uh, Eid al-Adha that you just passed, um, I went to the local meat shop in Chicago and I placed an order for a goat, right? Mm-hmm. And I said that... Uh, 
uh, I asked them, hey, uh, for that one part, because it, it's, it's three parts that you get, right? The yeah. One part you keep for yourself, one part of friends and family, and uh, one part for uh, feeding to the poor. I said, hey, uh, if I can leave that part for the poor, will you distribute it to people? Mm-hmm. He said, yes. Uh, he said what happens is we have people who come to us throughout the year, uh, and uh, these people are poor in the sense that uh, they don't eat meat throughout the year until this time rolls around. So uh, there are people who are, you know, very, uh, the, the term we use for them is mustahiq, which means they are rightfully, uh, they are, uh, uh, how do I say this? They are, deserve, they're rightfully deserving of sadaqah uh, and zakat. Yeah. But these people, because of the self-respect they have, they will never come out in the open and ask yeah. for assistance. Yeah. It is up to you to go and look for, uh, to search for such people. So yeah. that's why I say, start from your local masjid, start yeah. from your local food bank, start from your imam and ask them, uh, or, or you don't know, go to the grocery store or local uh, halal uh, meat shop or something and ask them about such families, what you can do uh, for these poor people yeah. uh, without them knowing that you know about them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this also brings me to the point, uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to perform Umrah in eight years, mm-hmm. uh, eight and a half years. I, I wish I can go back there soon. But yeah. um, a couple of years back, I had heard this point when someone said, you know, if you get the chance to go do Umrah, um, find a local there who can help you find these poor families because these poor families they live away from the haram mm-hmm. it's not easy to find them mm-hmm. go and see if you can leave bags of rice or meat or whatever yeah. outside their doorstep just ring the bell and go you know as how the Khalifa Umar and uh, Khalifa Rashidin used to do when they're making rounds of Medina so mm-hmm. uh, this is again a sunnah of uh, the companions of Rasulullah uh, this is something that we should strive to do as well if one of us happens to make Umrah uh, or Hajj. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Inshallah, we are all blessed with the ability to go there and we can carry out that um, that prayer. Um, and finally, how can we support you? I would say follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Keep me accountable. Um, ask me any questions that you have. Um, and I would be more than glad to help you out uh, in any capacity I can. Yeah. Um, and I currently still have the replay of the uh, Strong Women Summit up on my Instagram bio, so I would suggest you go check that out yeah. and just you know watch the space, uh, see what I'm up to. Um, I have a few more podcast interviews lined up for this month, inshallah, and uh, I'm hoping to organize the Strong Women Summit in a public sphere, so not just online but in person as well. So that's one of the things yeah. I'm looking to accomplish next year. Um, next year, I'm also looking to compete, inshallah, in amateur strongman and amateur boxing competitions as well. Um, so please make a while for me there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just, you know, testing my limits. And uh, I, I personally don't know what I want to accomplish, yeah. uh, but I just have these loose goals uh, that I want to reach yeah. Yeah. in the coming few months, inshallah. Well, awesome. That sounds like a really exciting time and wish you all the best. And if I can support in any way, but please let me know. But yeah, and I'll have the links down to your social media as well in um, the show notes. So definitely go check out The Fit Muslim and the movement that is being created. But thank you so much as well, Naman, for coming on the podcast. Jazakallah khair, sister. And uh, have yourself a wonderful day. You too. Thanks.
So I, that is the end of the podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it and left feeling inspired and potentially hit the gym today. I know I am. Um, but yeah, it, it was great to hear from Naman and the movement that he's trying to create and hopefully all can go and support him. Um, as ever, if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free feel free feel it's very early um feel free to rate and review the podcast on your podcasting um on whatever flip i really can't talk like my brain is actually just done right now um on wherever you listen to podcasts there we go i did it um and you can also follow me on social media. It's just at the Rogue Muslim on all social media platforms. So Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and if you want to be on the podcast or you think somebody should be on there or you have a topic that you're interested in hearing about, feel free to drop me an email as well. Uh, it's theroguemuslim at gmail.com. So until next week, I hope you're having a lovely week a healthy week and um staying true to yourself all right kalafis